0: I'm a doodler, but my true art is entrepreneurship. VFriends is doing that for me. Eric, I now have ingredients to cook in perpetuity that are mine.
1: I'm Eric Fulweiler, and this is Scratch, bringing you marketing lessons from the leading brands and brains, rewriting the rule book from scratch for the world of today. Wow, loved this episode with Gary. Of course, many of you already know Gary, chairman of VaynerX, CEO of VaynerMedia, creator of vFriends, which is what we're gonna focus on talking about today. I've known him for over a decade and worked for him twice. First as an early employee of VaynerMedia, kind of first 15 type of thing. And then, you know, obviously hyper growth from there to the 1500 people or whatever it is today. And then eventually as executive director of VaynerMedia uh, based out of London here and for EMEA, which is what brought me to this side of the pond. So Gary's had a huge impact on me, who I am as a professional, but also who I am as a human. We touched a little bit about on uh, his his next book and his focus on leadership and empathy and some of those quote unquote softer skills that he thinks are so important, that I think are so important that he really wants to be the legacy that he leaves and the impact he has on the business world. When it comes to friends, it's fascinating to hear kind of how he thought about it in the early days and the concept that he had and the vision that he still does have for it. So you'll get to hear that, you'll get to hear uh, how he plans on bringing them to life, how he's thinking about building brand, and how other businesses should be thinking about building brands in the NFT space. And we rounded off with some very practical, tactical advice of a few things that every marketer should be doing over the next thirty days to really wrap their heads around what's going on in this NFT space and the opportunity for marketing effectively there. Hope you enjoy this episode, Gary. How are you, man? It's been a while. Hi.
0: It has. It's great to see you, my friend.
1: You have you have so much going on in your world. It's amazing. You know, obviously, I watch from being on the field, if you were, if you will, at yes. VaynerMedia and in your world for so long. But it's been amazing watching from the sidelines these last couple of years. Really appreciate you making the time of being here. Happy to do it, my friend. So, as you know, uh, for this show for Scratch, we're trying to focus in on specific case studies and initiatives from leading marketers around the world on how they are actually building brand with modern marketing. So, for today, we're focused on V Friends. Um, so I guess the place to start and the place I like to start with all my guests is, I typically ask what's the business problem you were looking to solve? But obviously that's a little bit different with vFriends. So I guess the way that I would frame it up to you is what's the opportunity that you saw? And, and I will say, actually, I should have said this at the beginning. If, if people don't know Gary's story, you can go check that out. And if you don't know kind of the basics of what is an NFT, you can also go check that out as well. Seriously, just pause this recording, go spend a minute or two minutes getting the basics. But I don't want to waste the time with Gary to focus on that. So let's get straight into VFriends. What is the opportunity that you saw? And actually, when did you start thinking about this? I'm sure, you know, knowing you is probably percolating on the back burner for a while. But what made you say, hey, now's the time? What was it that you saw?
0: Well, first of all, before I answer that question, in the first minute here, even though we interacted for so many years together, I just had a really exciting observation, which is, holy shit, you're really good at this. (laughs) <laughs> you're pretty you're pretty charismatic and articulate in this podcast forum this be careful here you might you know I now am known as a personality, I'm very proud of my business accomplishments, but they've become clouded under this Gary Venus, so you better be careful here, Eric. You might be too good at this and might find yourself in the professional, personal brand world, so be careful. Well, you know
1: what, I watched a lot of people do it pretty well for a pretty long time, so maybe some of that ripped off on me, but I appreciate it. That was
0: a really good question. Uh, What I saw, I had a moment in January that is, a moment that I've felt twice before my career, which was, oh my God, this is going to be enormous and nobody knows about it yet. The first time was the internet itself in 95, and when I say nobody, nobody in the 7.7 billion people on earth, clearly tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of alpha pioneers. I saw it in 95, I saw it in Two thousand and five and now I was seeing it in very early twenty twenty one with some stuff that was smoking and brewing in 2020, which was this nFT thing is now happening this is we're now on our way to people doing it, using it, knowing it and um, and i uh, I took that very seriously. This is going to happen and in ninety five and in two thousand and five, when I decided the internet was happening, and when I decided social media was happening my reaction was to do. When I observe, I do. So, Eric, I didn't even own a computer when we launched winelibrary.com. Let me say that nice and slow for you and the listeners. I did not own a computer (laughs) when I was 21 years old when winelibrary.com launched. Like, that's how quickly I moved on something that I didn't fully do. Same thing in 05. Back to the joke I just made, I, had, I was 30 years old when Wine Library TV started. You know, I'd already had eight years of professional career. Wine Library was already a $40 million business. Like I was a businessman and now I'm making content. I didn't think of myself as somebody anybody would know outside of the business trades. Um, and, and now number three, you, you may even know this because you sat in meetings, I doodled a little bit during meetings I yeah. would draw a little, you know, cause I couldn't, you know, it was probably like everybody making fun of me for doing that stuff cause I should be taking notes or what have you. But it's how I processed. So I always had a little bit of doodling in me but I knew NFTs were real and I knew that I had to make a project. Now what's really cool is I'll be putting out this content soon. Two years earlier I was working on a toy concept called Workplace Warriors where I was going to make Empathy Elephant and Patient Pit, Panda and Pig and put it into toy form, like Kid Robot, or some of the stuff you see on people's desks. It actually happened at VaynerMedia, Eric. I, would like, I was getting all these emails and DMs from people that were really upset at work while I was walking by talking to somebody in one of our rows, and everybody in that row had toys on their desk. Simpsons, you know, Ugly Dolls, you know, Star Wars, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna make these characters that inspire mindset. And so I was working on that. I didn't get around to fully finishing it. You know, I'm always working on a lot of projects. Then COVID happens. That kills it. And all of a sudden, I have an opportunity to do something in NFT land, and I reboot these characters that have been in my mind, specifically Patient Panda and Empathy Elephant. And I build a whole universe. And and that's kind of how it happened, the opportunity was I've, oh, you know this, my most consistent narrative to the world is I'm building VaynerX and I'm gonna buy nostalgic brands and reboot them. Yeah. My adjustment to reality was, oh my God, I think NFTs are gonna be this generation's morning cartoons, where if you look at the 80s in cartoons, He-Man, yeah. Thundercats, Transformers, the, the, the cartoon was used to build the intellectual property. The cartoon and the toys. I am gonna use NFTs to build this intellectual property. I'm not gonna reboot Captain Crunch. I'm gonna create v Friends.
1: So to jump in on that, because obviously, you know, I was there at the very early days of VaynerMedia and it's fa- it fascinating to see how consistent the vision has been from you. I'm gonna build a marketing machine and then plug it into brands that you're gonna then grow. And that's where the real value is gonna be, of course, to go by the New York Jets, which could definitely use your help still. Um, so does this mean, and this is kind of what I've been thinking, and maybe you've said this publicly and I just haven't heard it, but if the plan was always, Hey, you're going to go buy those orphan brands from, you know, PepsiCo, Unilever, Johnson and Johnson, whoever, and then raise the value and and flip them that way with the marketing machine that is VaynerX is the plan now to build your own IP instead of buying somebody else's. Okay. You
0: know, I'm a big man of and versus or. Sure. So I feel like I'm going to get to the level if everyone stays healthy and I, you know, stay healthy. I think I'll get to the level where I'll do both because it's fun. Yeah, it's like fun for me to see if I can make Twix a healthier yeah. candy and see what I can do. But no question.
1: Yeah, this is taking priority what, yeah, now. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, been, I get it. You know, that yeah, uh, to be honest,
1: that was the place. you know, I saw the stuff that you were putting out, and you know, like you always say, and I heard this advice a lot. It's you know, watch what you do, not what you say. And so when I see you gravitating towards something you know, try to go get my hands dirty a little bit to understand exactly what it is. And that was kind of the piece that really clicked for me. And I think I might have even, uh, we were texting or something like that. And I said, I get it now because at the beginning it was like NFTs. Okay, like I get it. There's an opportunity there and I get it as a platform. But what clicked for me was when I realized that you're building IP that just happened to be in the form of NFTs. Can I ask you one more question about the timing of it? And I want to I think you'll get me because we know each other pretty well, but I want to make sure this doesn't come off the wrong way. Please. You've said, and I agree with you, but obviously know a lot less than you do about the space, that there's a bit of a bubble right now Mm -hmm. around the initial kind of forms that NFTs can take, and it's really hot. There's so much supply, so much money, and that that is probably going to be a bubble that bursts, but the platform will grow long-term, much like the internet or mobile or anything like that. Why take the risk of doing something now, because even now I have people who reach out to me and are like, you know, I know Gary, but what is he doing with these characters? And so obviously there's value to being there first, being there early, and I'm sure that you weighed this up. And to be honest, that was the thing to me that actually made me sure that you were so sure about this, correct. because I knew you know, I that you wouldn't do it unless you correct. were 100% positive it was gonna work. But how was that thought process for you of the timing of doing it now while it is because, a bit of a bubble? bubble? Because, I,
0: because I think I'll Jeff Bezos it, right? Not to that level of, of wealth creation, but he navigated Amazon through internet bubble 20, 2000. And I think that if, there's a, if and when there's a macro NFT winter that VFriends won't go out of business because I will mortgage everything going on in my life. And you'll love this, Eric, because you know me very well. You know, and you're saying it here now, that I would have, there's no amount of money that would have interested me to ruin my reputation because it is my only asset. I knew when I, and I'm so glad you asked this question. There was a moment where I'm learning what NFTs are for real, not just kind of like CryptoKitties from 2017 when I'd heard of it in December, but really in January and February, where I'm like, so wait a minute, let me get this straight. This is exactly what I said to myself. Even if people pay $20,000 for this, and the market, because I don't control the market, decides they're worth $300, I can announce the next day that if you connect your wallet to this website, this will happen. Once I understood that, there was no scenario where I was scared. I know, Nobody else knows, not my mama, not you, not AJ, that I would shut down Gary V, the personal brand and Vayner Media, Vayner X, to, if I had to make VFriends whole. Because I knew that and because I knew that I could, unlike me selling a collectible wine, there's nothing I can do. Like if it didn't go up in value, yeah. like I, I, I'd be stuck. But the way that once I understood the way the blockchain worked, the way NFTs worked, and I said, wait a minute. I can, I can do anything. I can become partners in a business with all my holders. I can give unlimited access to myself. I could retire from speaking, but only give speeches to the, I could be on Zoom with them 12 hours a day, every day for the rest of my life and there be their business mentor, all of which will have more inherent value than. Yeah. The drop off you control, you control the, the value
1: that they deliver. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm in so, control in so perpetuity to continue to bring yeah. value to the token holder.
1: So let's talk about the brands themselves. So, yep, these characters. Uh, I'm I'm curious to yes. kind of get inside your head when you think about these, because I would imagine that what you see when you think about these characters is not what we see on the outside, because you're so far ahead and have thought this through so fully. So, do you mm-hmm. almost see a digital world or a metaverse? Like, are you building brands in the metaverse in your head or how are you thinking I mean, about the future I, of these I, brands I'm, and the world they live in? I'm,
0: a, lot, a lot of people are very excited about the metaverse. I am too. I'm, and you know this, Eric, I'm very passionate about timing. So I'm not overtly spending too much time on the metaverse yet because I don't think it's at scale yet. I'm thinking about it the following way. I have 268 characters to develop. I think that nine to twelve of them will be animated cartoon show. I think five of them will be streetwear collaboration characters. Right? They'll be cool. They'll. I think five of them will be CPGs. So let me let's stay on that one. I, as you know, because you know John and Nate very well because you worked with them, started a direct-to-consumer wine brand that sold for hefty seven, excuse me, hefty eight figures with potential nine figures on a burnout um, to Constellation called Empathy. Had I launched it today, it would the wine brand would be called Empathy Elephant. The people that hold the Empathy Elephant token would have been very happy that they held the, so I think that I will start five in the next 15 years, meaningful, direct-to-consumer brands, and they will be based around the characters. And so if that's gratitude, gorilla, gum, so I think five will be that. I think 10 will be an animated show. I think five will be cool in culture. I think 100 will be involved in a Trading card game like Pokemon. Um, I think uh, I think five to fifteen will be children's books. Five characters will be the dominant play in a video game. So yeah. I'm very substantial. So there's,
1: there's a ton of different directions that they can take and plug into different potential businesses and way that, ways that they come to life. You're,
0: you're gonna you're gonna like this. You started it with what problem was I solving and then you switched it rightfully in my opinion to opportunity and I'm gonna go back to problem. I was solving that I wanted to, just like the dream of buying the New York Jets is not about buying the Jets, it's about allowing me to have such a big goal that I could play my art, do my, my listen, I'm a doodler but my true
1: art is entrepreneurship. It gives you a huge playing field.
0: Correct, V Friends is doing that for me, Eric. I now have ingredients to cook in perpetuity that are mine.
1: Yeah. So so let me go going back to kind of the question about the metaverse. So if it's a little bit too early for the I'm thinking about the people listening. So marketers kind of of all levels, of all industries, trying to give them something actionable to take away. Yes. If it's too early in your opinion to be thinking about how a brand manifests in the metaverse, but also it seems like a lot of the activations we're seeing from brands around NFTs are a little kind of I'd call them innovation theater. People doing things yes, just to do like things. And I know track. you're doing something in that space with Vayner NFT. What is the thing that a marketer should be thinking about when it comes turning, to the world turning of marketing
0: NFT? into a profit center?
1: In terms of buying NFTs turning, as assets,
0: no. In terms of creating NFT projects that show up in people's public wallets, which is no different in five years, in my opinion, as doing a brand deal with an influencer because you're getting awareness from endorsement of people holding, putting utility underneath the the token and turning it into a profit center because you're selling it and collecting royalties, turning costs historically, activations at World Cups and Super Bowls and Olympics, turning costs like celebrities being in your content or performing at a show, turning that from a cost center to a profit center because the ticket to Mariah Carey doing a concert for your biggest clients becomes an NFT now. That NFT then gets sold, no different than a Comic-Con item on eBay. That NFT with Mariah on it and the Salesforce logo on it is now a secondary derivative asset Eric, where people are really struggling is because we have not lived in the world of digital ownership and now we do and so people don't have anything to look at backwards to understand what's happening forward except historic human behavior like why they care about fashion or why they buy a Mercedes Benz or why eBay does a trillion dollars in sales. That is where my puzzle is being put together so I think brands can turn marketing into a profit center. Pepsi, as you know, client of Vayner's, they, they, they do the Super Bowl halftime show, right? Think about what that could be. Uh, think about Procter & Gamble sponsoring the Olympics. These are major, major things that um, have huge opportunities around them and, um, and they spend a lot of money on costs, right? Even like the VIP parties and all this. If you layer NFTs as a ticket, as a membership, and it is a collectible, but also utilitarian aspect. If when you make a deal when you're Budweiser with Post Malone, and it's not just him being in your commercials and doing a couple of concerts, but there's a Post Malone NFT, and you're getting royalties in perpetuity, you're talking about turning a cost center into a profit center, and yeah. I don't think people realize that yet.
1: Yeah, and the thing that I would add on to that, because it reminds me a little bit about uh, you know obviously something that we talked about for years, and I fundamentally believe in, which is building a media company around what you stand for, and that can also be monetized to turn marketing into a profit center instead of a cost center. It but sure can. But the it's, still, so doing the things that, it's yeah. still doing the things that you I should can, be I doing can, to yes. drive growth of the business yes. anyway, which but, I think would but be I'm important telling you, to the NFT conversation as
0: well. Ga- yes, yeah, standing up your own gawker or your own bar stool versus a very successful smart strategy in NFT land, Yeah, the NFT land has a lot more upside, in my opinion.
1: Are brands more at risk within this bubble, this short-term bubble? No?
0: Only only if they do bad projects that are successful and then collapse.: Yeah, and I think the short-term bubble is all how you speak to it. I think it's important to speak to the vulnerabilities, the ups and downs of you know again, for me, one thing that everyone needs to focus on is right now the focus is on the art and the collectible, and that's very narrow. If you focus on the smart contract and the utilitarian that aspect, it becomes a real big deal.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to ask the friends. I'm assuming that was intentional. The friends aspect of it is there anything to elaborate on there?
0: Um yeah, I think um I think that um what's very obvious to me is that I and you really know this. This is actually very interesting. I I believe in soft skills and kindness and good stuff and like I'm very much more kindergarten teacher grandma like I have, I'm a very big believer in a lot of this stuff. I have I'm plenty ambitious and tenacious and competitive. I've got those kind of things, but I like the soft skills. I like and I like things like accountability and I like all this stuff. You know me so well as a leader. I wanted to build a universe around it and for me the word friends is just so nice. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like it felt like I knew where I was going with like the kids animation and all that stuff. It just felt right. I also liked the part of, I was already thinking five years in advance of, of JVs. You know, I've already in my mind thought about things like Friends of V as like a framework and a platform and a division and a and an ecosystem where I can do collaborations with other people. So, uh. I'm really, I was really taken with that name. Simple, easy to remember. It felt, you know, again, something you may have picked up in our decade of dancing. I'm pretty agnostic with names. I think names are made, I've said that a lot. You know, McDonald's sounds like an Upper East Side English pub, not as what we know it, or Google and Nike mean nothing until they mean something. But um, I think that uh, it it worked for me and uh, I think the simplicity worked for me.
1: So let's talk about the people and the talent side of this world, V friends, but then also NFT marketing in general. So I saw um, it might have been a couple of months ago at this point that you're hiring for crypto creatives and strategists. So I'm assuming that sits either within your own team or within Vayner NFT. What's the role that those people do and what are the skills that you're looking for? Is it simply kind of like the traditional analog slash digital skills for creative no, and strategists applied no. to this world? Or what are you looking for and what should oh, well, marketers the look for for people yep, to help them in this the, space? The,
0: the, the creatives are creatives. Creatives are amazing. They're flexible, right? Every creative that works on a brand at an agency actually wishes they were working on their own art, you know, which, so creatives are an incredible group of individuals who are flexible. Um, so they've, you know, we we're comfortable taking creative from anywhere in any way, shape or form, especially, and this has been our filter, if they have, you know, NFT behavior, they're a collector, they understand the space, those nuances really matter. As far as, um, as far as, uh, strategists, that's probably the most interesting place we've come from. We've only been hiring people who've never worked at an agency and are 100% um, 100% contextual to actual strategy around a successful launch of an NFT project, aka the people that keep the brands honest of not doing the cliche brand stuff, which is always garbage for the consumer and good for the boardroom.
1: Yeah. So these are people who are actually coming from the NFT crypto space, like have credibility and experience in that world. That's what you're looking for.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And usually, as collectors is where you find most of them. You know, they're a collector. They're heavily involved for the last year and they do something else. They're, uh, they're, uh, you know, a banking executive. They're, uh, they're, you know, a freelance photographer. They're, uh, uh, uh an admin. They're, uh, they're, they're an entrepreneur with their own business that is just doing okay. They're, they're, you know, a marketing executive. They could be anything as long as they fully know what's going on.
1: Yep. Cool. So for marketers who are listening to this, if you had to sum it up, one thing that everybody should be doing over the next 30 days to really understand and get up to speed with what's going on in the space if they are not already, what would it be?
0: Search hashtag NFT on Twitter and follow 50 to 100 people. Join five to seven discords of NFT projects, go to cryptoslam.io or go to OpenSea, rankings, stats, look at the top 100 projects on both those platforms, visually, subjectively pick five to seven that you like that are in the top 100 and join their discords. And then the most important part, between the 50 to 75 people you follow on Twitter and to the five to seven discords you join, spend five to 10 hours A week a week and if you don't have it three but no less than three three a week until you get to about 25 to 50 hours of education and then you're now in the game
1: cool and we will sum that up and put it in the show notes for everybody so last uh, two minutes I hear you have a book coming out is there a right hook that you want to give to everybody to go check that out and what what it's about
0: so I did a pre-sale where on August 28th, where I said, if you buy 12 books and send in a receipt, I'm gonna airdrop you an NFT. I sold so many books that my biggest problem right now, Eric, is that we may not print enough for November 16th. So I do not have a right hook. Even though I'm very proud of 12 and a half, I do think it's my most... I'm trying to find the right... It's the only book that feels like Crush It. And I guess that in itself is important to me. It's the only book where I feel like I'm saying things from a different place. Mm. Uh, uh, I think I have a very compelling argument to what needs to happen in the business world from the emotional intelligence standpoint, please.
1: It seems to me, again, as an outsider more and more now, but it seems to me like this is increasingly what you're focusing on in terms of your legacy. Like you say that all the time, it's all about legacy. It seems like this message and um, you know what, what real leadership should be, it seems like you're kind of focusing in more on that.
0: I've started to realize I'm different. More so than maybe I even realized. And I think when I challenged myself in the last three years on this conversation, I'm unique and I'm vulnerable in this. And you know, Eric, I don't like to be vulnerable. I speak, and you know this better than anybody, because you were close enough, the great flaw in my crazy repertoire of skills was, I wasn't strong enough in candor. I tried to find ways to resolve by dancing. And when I finally repositioned, I remarketed, I marketed candor to my own self and gave it this term, kind candor. If you catch up with the crew that you know at Vayner and said, hey, what's Gary been like? I know that they would say it's been really different the last 24 months. He's found his way with candor under the guise of kind candor, which is really Led itself to the two things that were always my vulnerability. And again, you know, these for all the great stuff I have, and I really am extremely happy with who I naturally was as a leader and how my companies have done. Candor led to two things: fear, because people didn't know where they sat, which devastates me, because my great pride was that I eliminated fear. In hindsight, I realized I created it without the candor. And two, entitlement, because people all thought they were better than you know than. And I was carrying a lot on my shoulders, as you know, and so. I'm excited about this book because not only did I realize what made me strong, I also have come to realize where my weaknesses were, even though my strengths were so high that it was like making things work. And now I believe with, and that's why I called it 12 and a half instead of 13. In the book, I talk about kind candor being one of the 13 ingredients that matter, but I have to call the book 12 and a half because I'm only halfway through my own journey on kind candor, and I don't think I have the right to say like what I say here, and I give permission to the reader to understand, hey, six of these, you may have you might not be good at accountability, as you know, which is really wild, right? Because I love accountability, but but I struggled with candor. And so I'm really excited about I'm excited for someone like you to read it, because I think you're loaded with so much more context, and I think you'll even think it's strong, which makes me think it can be double strong to the world.
1: Cool. I love it. All right, Gary. I know no, we're brother. up on time. I love you. Really appreciate it. All right. On today's episode, we want to give a shout out to an organization that I've known of and the co-founder I've known for a long time now and that I think is doing some fantastic work in the industry. And I've loved seeing the brand grow, and the impact grow and more and more people get involved so Jake Dubbins co-founder and co-chair of the Conscious Advertising Network thanks for letting us as rival be a part of what you're doing I would love to hear what is the Conscious Advertising Network why did you set it up what is the mission that you're on with it
2: so yeah the Conscious Advertising Network is a grand coalition I guess a big tent of uh, advertisers agencies and critically civil society groups so Advertisers like GSK, Virgin O2, agencies like Group M, Havas Media um, and then civil society groups that include the uh, UN's Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights and anti-racist groups and uh, you know, anti-Semitism groups, uh, climate groups. Um, and the aim is for the ethics to catch up with the technology of modern advertising. So. We've got six manifestos one we're working on a lot at the moment is the misinformation manifesto on climate with cop 26 uh happened uh, or happening um and uh and uh, yeah the, the others are hate speech children's well-being advertising fraud diversity inclusion uh, uh um consent uh and uh, as i said misinformation hate speech
1: yeah and i think just that slogan that mission statement of the ethics to catch up with the technology i think there's so much in there because i think a lot of people will just do what they're going to do and wait for the regulation to come up but if people take action now just based on what it's ethically right for all the things you mentioned and more i think there's a lot of change that can be driven especially with you know, big brands and how and where they invest their money. So uh, I think that's great. Um, so, Jake, anything else that you want to tell the audience about Can And definitely, let's make sure that we tell them where they can find out more and sign up.
2: Yeah, I think um, I, it, it's, it's really trying to build a, uh, uh, as many people behind this as possible. It's free to join. Uh, most of us are volunteers. Myself and Harriet, uh, the co-chairs, are volunteers. We've got two boards, um, the uh, uh, hopefully aptly named Get Shit Done board, which is UK focused. Uh, we are now launching a global growth board um, because a lot of our international partners are looking for us to open can chapters in other parts of the world because they've seen uh, you know, what the model does here. So it's free to join. Um, Everything that we do, we aim to be open source uh, because the aim is to fix the problems as opposed to uh, charge subscriptions or money from the industry or anything like that. We're not interested in that. What we're interested in is trying to work together to, to fix the problems of things like climate misinformation uh, and hate speech. Um, so there's a lot of us involved. You can either, if you want to get your company involved and, and behind it, uh, then you can find out more at uh, consciousadnetwork dot com, um, where all the manifestos are. Um, but also, you know, we're a team mostly of volunteers. We've got a couple of uh, staff now that are uh, uh, funded by philanthropic um, backing, um, but uh, we are always looking for volunteers. People. Uh, to look at recruiting more members training compliance so always depends on how much people want to be involved uh, but uh, certainly do get involved because these are big problems but we can fix them together
1: if everybody does their part so we'll include a link in the show notes for today please do go check it out because i think the work you're doing and the team is doing is amazing super important so jake thanks for everything thanks for coming on um, and sharing with us what you're up to appreciate it
2: Thanks, Eric. Yeah, appreciate it
1: too. Cheers. Scratch is a production of Rival. We are a marketing innovation consultancy that helps businesses develop strategies and capabilities to grow faster. If you want to learn more about us, check out WeARRIVIL.com. If you want to connect with me, email me at Eric at or find me on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe, share with anyone you think might enjoy it, and please do leave us a review. Thanks for listening and see you next week.